Hey guys, the show is about ready to start, but really quick, I wanted to grab your attention, tell you to have a pencil and paper ready. I have some very important information you're going to want to stick around for after the show regarding updated contact information, websites, and more. Everything's changed. Holy cow. What do I mean? Everything's ready to start. I gotta run. Stick around after the show and I'll get you filled in. Welcome to this podcast. Get ready. Here we go. GOST Radio proudly presents Random Illusions, the podcast where the occult community goes for its listening pleasure. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. Grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, or grab a glass of wine at the end of a long day if that's what you want to do. Kick back, settle in, and hang out with me for just a little bit while we chat it up about magic. Good evening! Welcome to Season 2, Episode 30. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. Oh my gosh, I have got so much this evening. I am joined in the studio by three silent co-hosts. I have a sleeping giant dog, a sleeping micro dog, and a chronically stressed out pigeon who's wearing pants right now. So last week I had I had Zoltan the parakeet on, and this week I have Skeezix the pigeon. Pigeons are a domesticated bird. I was going to consider a parrot-type third bird as a companion animal, and I found out, oh, Pigeons, all pigeons, I don't care where you live, you see pigeons out outside and stuff, those are feral, domesticated birds. They are not wild. There are no wild pigeons. Pigeons were man-made. They made them from doves, believe it or not. Most people don't realize that. And uh, there are so many different breeds of pigeons. They're specialized. My little guy is a fantail pigeon. His breed is about a thousand years old, and he was basically created to have this great big fantail. He's got about between 20 and 40 tail feathers. A regular pigeon has about 12 tail feathers, and his fan out like a big turkey. They throw their head back, their chest out, and they stomp around in circles. They look really goofy, and they're clumsy. But their whole purpose was to be put up on top of the lofts to signal the flying pigeons to come in to eat. And uh, that's that's all they were made for. So they end up making really great pets. And he's already pretty tame. I'm not bonded with him yet. I mean, there's the wrestling matches, getting the pants on him and stuff. He's not real thrilled about that. But he he's pretty um, adaptable to stress and... We do pretty good. So as long as he has his pants on him, he can flap around and go wherever he wants in the house and not make a mess. And if you have a pigeon as a pet, you are going to feed it well, which means it is going to be on an excellent diet, which means when they poop, it's not gross like the ones out that you see on buildings and stuff. All of them birds are eating crap and whatever they can get to live off of and keep themselves alive on. Usually it is not meant for their bodies and it comes out the other side in the worst possible gross ways. This little guy, he kind of leaves little uh, bombs here and there. He likes to stay clean. He likes to avoid them. And he's really easy to clean up after. It's really not any different than a parrot um, of the same size. In fact, I would say he's probably less messy in a lot of ways. 
Um, there are downsides to owning a pigeon in your living space. You have to have a really good air filtration system. So I have that going on. They put out a lot of super, super duper fine uh, dust from their feathers. So I'm going to be treating his feathers with rose water. That will help tremendously. And he gets sprayed down for a little mist bath every day. That helps keep that dust down. And uh healthy diet helps too, it seems to. Anyway, um, really nice little pet. The reason I'm going into all this, pigeons being made from doves, they were created from doves. Doves are the bird that brought the leaf, uh, the branch to Noah on the ark when land had finally emerged after the great rains and all that. And they are a love and peace type symbol of divinity. So beyond making a wonderful pet, being a little goofy, the dogs like him, and he's getting along well, they tend to molt their feathers about twice a year. Being a fantail, he has close to 40 tail feathers, so I will technically have dove feathers available. Now, I'm not sure if I'm going to make something out of that that might make a nice uh, incense fan or something, or one of those smudge fans, whatever you call it. Or you could use it on an altar to represent love and peace and divinity or whatever. But I should have feathers soon and I will make sure they are properly cleaned. He's a very clean bird. He he came from a very good environment. And uh, believe it or not, they are very, very diva. I need to be clean and pretty birds at all times. They are not what people would expect them to be to live with. Oh my gosh, he's a trip. So anyway, enough of the pigeon. He's awesome. He's in pants. What do we got today? We got a lot. I have a lot to talk about. So last week I mentioned that for the month of August, I am going to do the Oracle Card Challenge. So let's kick that off. I'm going to talk about that for just a little bit here. It's going to be fun. It's going to empower you and it's going to get your day off right or closing your day right or however you want to use these things. Now, here's the nice thing. Maybe some of you are going, but I'm a tarot person. Great. Guess what? Tarot is technically a type of oracle. So, of course, use your tarot deck. Do whatever. But try to break out of an old habit. Try something a little bit different. Maybe find a different guidebook. Maybe find a different way of intuitive interpretations or a different spread than you're used to. Or asking it different types of questions. You Find something different you haven't done. Explore something different if you're a little bit more advanced of a user. Make a way to make the challenge fit. The whole thing is to empower you, get you using a tool, and enjoying it, enhancing your life, getting some answers for yourself. Now, there is nothing wrong with going to a tarot card reader. Of course not. Sometimes that can be a lot of fun to have someone read cards for you. But you know what? At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, it's still their interpretation of your question through a deck of cards that they are interpreting how they want. It's their opinion. So make sure that you take their opinion if you feel like it applies. Any answer from any divination tool that you use is advice in the now for the situation at hand. It does not mean it's set in stone or it has to be that way. 
think of any answer you get as advice given, food for thought, things to contemplate, things to keep in mind on your situation, etc. Don't let yourself get so worked up by a divination that you get freaked out. That should not be what it's about. It should be helpful in some capacity. It should not lead to more sales later. I'm going to leave that one sit there as it is. So even if you go to another tarot card reader or you have one done long distance, they send you pictures or whatever, make sure you have a good tarot card guide and that you can look at them yourself and see if there's anything from those images that helps massage that reading for you or helps it make better sense to you or maybe that you just pick up in addition to that reading so that you understand it better. Plus, it's going to also help you determine who is just making stuff up to make it up because I started watching a lot of tarot readers on TikTok, the live feeds and stuff like that. Sometimes I ask questions and they'll answer like, how long have you been reading this and that? And you can pick up the ones that are just out there trying to make a buck. They really don't know what they're doing. Go to someone that's really established. And by that, I don't mean a year or two years. Go to somebody that has been reading for a long time, is established. They have a website they have good reviews. Don't be afraid to, to go to Yelp, things like that. No harm in that. If you're at some sort of a metaphysical fair or something, hey, pick a reader that you think you're going to jive with, with a deck of cards that you're going to jive with. Have fun with it. But here again, jot that down, go home, contemplate it, and see what it means to you. See if there's something hidden there that maybe they didn't interpret or that you feel tends to make more sense. You can still use that reading to your advantage. So even if the person is totally bogus and you're sitting there, you see him shuffle the card, you have your question in mind, that energy can still come out in that reading, but there's a lot of value in you knowing a little bit about the system that you're having presented to you so that you can make your own assessment if you need to or if you would like to. Make sure you always have that little bit level of empowerment so you don't feel helpless about, well, I have to take their advice because I don't know any better. That's what's going to keep you weak. We're going to talk about that in a little bit too. This should be fun. So always find readers when you do go to readers that you really like hearing their interpretations. It makes you feel good. It's good advice for the question you asked. It makes sense to you. And don't feel obligated to keep going back if maybe that's all you needed. Maybe you just wanted to treat yourself to a divination because it just felt like something you wanted to do in the moment. You don't have to rely on this. Make it an enjoyable thing. But here again, I truly feel much like magic. The best interpretations of any divination system are best going to be done by you yourself. Oh my gosh, it is your energy, it is your question, it is your interpretation, it's your feelings, and you are in the moment. You may glean different intuitive stuff from those those images in the moment or the descriptions, whatever. People get really intimidated by tarot. So August is going to be Oracle Card Challenge because it is still a divination tool. A lot of people see them as more new agey or whatever. 
but I am finding that I'm working with, I've ordered myself one of every deck that I have in the shop. And I've been trying to get to know them, look at them, understand each one's a little bit different. And they are so cool. Some of them are just pure, simple, positive messages. There is nothing on the shadow work end of things to it. So if you like something like that and you just want something positive to start your day with your cup of coffee or end your day with your cup of tea or whatever it is that you do, oracle cards are so awesome for that. And most of the time, it is just so simple to just think of your question while you're shuffling that deck. Do your cut the deck and draw however it works for your head. Everyone develops their own way of doing things. That's the beauty of it. Infuse it with your energy. Make it your tool. And then practice with it. Write it down. Again, journal stuff. The more you work with stuff, the more you will see patterns emerge and all sorts of goodness, right? A lot of times, Oracle decks, all you need to do is draw one card, and it is phenomenal to me how accurate these decks are becoming. Holy cow, it is almost scary accurate in some cases. Like, here again, I've always made fun of them. That's too new agey. That's not real. That's not real tarot. If you want real card readings, do tarot. You know, I was always that type for years and years and years. Then I was like, you know, I'm going to see what this is about. And, um, Gosh, yeah, I can't say enough good things, especially if if tarot is an overwhelming system for you, get yourself some oracle cards. Now, if you want to work on the darker aspects of you and you want to do some shadow work, because we're going to kind of do that as a uh, a second major here this month, is shadow work. Use your oracle cards to work on those blockages, that shadow work, and the stuff that holds you back. Because that's what's keeping your magic from being its best. You may be having good magic, but hey, think how much better it's going to be if you discover some of those blockages or you address some of those blockages, whatever may be there that you're not really paying attention to, but are still doing their job to prevent things from flowing as well as it could, right? So back to Oracle cards. I started messing around. I mentioned last week that for shadow work, I'm carrying the... Halloween Oracle, which is incredible. And I wanted to expand on something I said. I said that it's not super Halloween-y. Someone asked me about that. And what I meant was there is a Halloween tarot deck out there. And the whole thing is real cartoony. And every scene on every card is very obvious Halloween themed. Now, this one is a Halloween themed Oracle deck with some amazing artwork, but it's not like um, walking through the Halloween aisle of Walmart or something. It's not real cartoony, kiddish, childlike. It's got some pretty intense pictures with some really intense meanings behind them and uh, divinations to be had. You can draw one card, or I think they have a couple different spread ideas if that's your gig. With the oracle cards, I tend to always just do one card. I do the spreads with the tarot cards, and I only do a three-card spread. I get such accuracy from my three-card spreads, but I have a friend that's been letting me do a couple readings here and there for her for practice. Now, I can see what the cards say clearly. I'm not always good at relaying that to her 
So it's really good practice. Always practice with a friend that you trust, right? Have fun with each other. You can learn from each other. Have a buddy system. It's excellent for learning, right? And if you don't have that, back to the oracle cards. They can just be very helpful as a very lighthearted way to do divinations for yourself to get insights. Excellent for this. But anyway, whatever your gig is, find something, make it work. And I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between oracle and tarot. Like I said, I've been kind of experimenting with trying to read for a friend. It kind of gives me a feel of what I'm picking up on as I'm reading based on just one question I get from her. I don't let her give me much information. It's good practice. It's good exercise. Not everyone's there yet. Sometimes that three-card reading can be overwhelming because it just seems like there's a lot you're trying to put together and stuff. And when I do my tarot card readings, I try to see how the cards interact with each other and how the characters even look like they're interacting with the past um, cards before them or the ones that come after them, however it's laid out. And I incorporate that in. But wow, sometimes that's a lot to take in. And that's a lot. That's overwhelming. That's overwhelming for a lot of people. But try an oracle deck. I have a couple silly ones also. I've got the Rebel deck, which is the Potty Mouth deck. I've mentioned that. That can give you some pretty brutal insight in the moment. Even as fun and playful as it is, it can give you some really good harsh truth. That's a good one. And then the Arcane Bullshit deck. At first, it looks like a total parody type deck, and it is in a way, but there's also some pretty darn accurate divinations to be had in that deck. There are a couple cards in there that I found I needed to kind of apply my own meaning. I tend to interpret them a little different than the little guide it came with, but that's the beauty of any divination system. Massage it to your needs and to your psyche. It's a way of getting to know yourself and having a good time with your shadow work all the while. Oh my gosh, there's just so many levels to this. I can't even describe. Now, back to the decks that I've got for shadow work. I had mentioned a, well, if you go back to last week and in the show notes, I have a link to an article for a whole bunch of different oracle decks that work great for shadow work. So you can go check that out. I carry in my shop the Halloween Oracle and the Lay Vampire Oracle, as well as one that's that's as well as one that's called the Alice Wonderland Oracle. Now those two have the big eye, little girl, feminine look, and it's kind of cutesy. I had mentioned last week it may not be the thing the dudes out there are going to be all that interested in. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you one thing. It's not my type of artwork I would have ever gravitated to for an oracle deck, but I've started working with both of those, and they have really great insights, especially the vampire one. If you don't mind the cutesiness of it, another great shadow work deck you can play with. Otherwise, Find something that rocks your world. Find something that you really like. Don't go by my recommendations just because I'm impressed with it. Find something you like. Now, hand in hand with that, if you want to go shopping in my store, I will start 
uh, I am going to start up again on videos. I had to quit for a while with the heat of the summer. It was just too much. I wasn't able to do it. The studio is not air conditioned. And once I have the camera going and lights and the computer and the dogs are in here, oh my gosh, it gets stuffy and hot. Holy cow. So I will get some more videos going here again shortly. And what I want to do is not only some really good descriptive ones of the products, but I'm going to start doing some little quick readings and stuff that I just put online. Some people can get a feel for it and it's fun and it might be a thought for the day, etc., etc. Just some something to connect with the audience, you know, my listeners and my viewers, whatever, and uh, give you a chance to check something out. I can't stress enough how frustrating I've always found shopping for decks of cards because you get some pictures maybe or the back of the box, but it's different when you can kind of see them and the size in relation to someone else's hands and all that. If it's going to be on video, hey, you might as well get a good view, right? So we'll be playing with that. So again, check out the TikTok channel, check out the YouTube channel. And if you go to gostradio.com, I have links for both of those on that homepage. And uh, then you can go to the Tarot and Oracle decks link if you're interested in just surfing around, seeing what's there. I do have about, oh, eight more decks of sorts that I need to get listed. So those will be up soon that are not already in the shop. And, and for the Oracle card challenge, guess what? If you go to the podcast website, which is www.randomillusions.com, on the homepage, there is, it's about halfway down or something, a little thing that you can fill out, um, kind of a quasi-form that you can get on my email list. So for the email list, I always send out a link for that week's episode and on the occasion I have some kind of thing to announce or anything bonus for all of you that have subscribed to the email list, I am going to be sending out a coupon code for 15% off your entire order to the online shop for everyone already on the email list and then all new subscribers through the month of August. So no matter when you hear this, if you get on the email list, you'll get that coupon code. So just to wrap up the Oracle Card Challenge conversation here, I would like to say if you've got tarot cards and that's your passion, that is also an oracle deck of sorts. It's very specific. You can use that. Find something you haven't done with it. Push out of your comfort level. Find a new deeper level to to read or um, surf online. See if you can find a new spread or something that really jives with your head or your psyche or something that's useful for shadow work. If I can come up with anything, I'll be discussing that too. So uh, for tarot people out there, maybe a, a card a day, whatever. For all of you that are interested in the Oracle decks, same thing. Just uh, have fun with it. See what you can figure out about yourself. Ask what you need to work on. Ask what you need to keep in mind to be your best you that day. Whatever you want to do. You can ask about specific situations. You can do whatever you want. Get familiar with it. It's going to give you confidence in your magic. It's going to give you confidence in your intuition and your insight those are incredibly powerful tools to develop, and what a fun way to develop it, right? I've been doing at least 
two different oracle card readings for myself every day, sometimes on up to seven or eight. And I rotate the different decks, or I'll pick one and do one from a different deck periodically during the day if it's a weekend or whatever, and I'm just kind of having fun with it. Have fun. Sky's the limit. There, You don't have to do it once a day. You can do it once a week. You can do it when you think of it. If you're really into it, go to town. There's no right or wrong. Just have fun. And get on the email list for that coupon code. Yay! Next, we're going to talk about hand-in-hand with that. Like I said, this is your, your second major for the month. Let's talk about that blockage removal. Everyone has blockages, and I have a book I am going to recommend. I have been reading. It's very short. It's very sweet. It's an ebook. And if you are on Amazon... You can get the ebook. You can also get it on um, Kindle Unlimited if you're on that plan. So, magic that I have worked with, that I stand by, I have met the author. We have actually talked on and off for, I don't know, roughly three years, I think. And for the sake of the podcast, that person is going to stay anonymous, but I will put the link in the show notes. And uh, I highly urge you to check it out. So the book is called The Power of Bay Leaves for Manifesting. Again, it is on Amazon. And there are some amazing uses of this for blockage removal as well as protections. And as a happy little extra thing, bay leaves are excellent for manifesting, as this book title describes. So really, I highly recommend this. Get this book not only for your magical practice. You can add a bay leaf to your magical practice no matter what your magic practice is. It is an herb that does awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Now, anonymous author of this book, I am going to tease you just one moment. There is one use of bay leaf that is not listed in this book that's kind of cool that I discovered. Now, use a pair of tongs or something, and I'm going to say bay leaves, burning them is not the prettiest scent in the world. It's not like flowers. It's very earthy. Some people love the scent, so it's kind of up to you. But if you burn one in the room before you go to sleep, There are all different kinds of uses, including a sweet dreams ritual in this book, I think, so you could use it with that. But yes, if you burn a bay leaf in the room that you are sleeping in, you are going to relax and drift off to sleep in the most wonderful way possible. Just stay safe. I find that when I light bay leaves, they just kind of fizzle and go, they they burn up very, very quickly and rapidly. They don't just like uh, smolder. <laughs> They'll burn. So make sure you stay safe. Hold them over a dish or something and check it out. There's all different kinds of uses for bay leaf in this book for here again, manifestation of all different kinds of things. So use this in your magic. This is going to help give you an extra layer of work that will give you an extra layer of confidence and it will help push that magic to your results a little bit easier and a little faster. It is wonderful for any kind of money magic. It is wonderful, fantastic, wonderful for protection work. And here again, blockage removal. So throw some bay leaves in. If you don't know where to get bay leaves and you have a Sam's Club or Costco membership, 
go to the spice aisle. You can get a big thing of bay leaves. You can also go to Amazon, type it in, get a huge bag of the things. I get them by the bag and then uh, I use them in all sorts of stuff. So go to town with that. Again, the power of bay leaves for manifesting and the links are in the show notes. You can get it off of Amazon, both as an ebook and it is on Kindle Unlimited. Moving right along, let's talk about some psalms work for your divinations as well as blockage removal. Okay, so I was kind of playing with this. There's a few of them that you can play with. Two of them are rather obscure. If anyone wants to try it, I noticed them. I haven't tried them yet. We'll do those last. So first and foremost, for like dreams and interpretations and that sort of thing, you can use Psalm 23 as well as Psalm 42. As some of you out there already know, there's a few select listeners that know this. 42 is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. So use this psalm for the answers to life, the universe, and everything. Actually, it will help give you divine knowledge and and uh, work through dreams and stuff. So you can actually use these two to help with your intuition when you're doing your divinations. Try it. Psalm 23 and 42. Okay. Try using your request for better divinations so that you understand them, you're channeling the information, and uh, you're getting the knowledge you want. You're, You're processing it correctly through you. Next, blockage removals. These may seem a little bit odd if you look these psalms up. They are for like breaking out of jail and um, breaking from the bonds that hold you and bondage and stuff like there's kind of the the old-fashioned wording and the dramatic wording anything that is binding you or holding you is a blockage it's keeping you from being your best you it's holding you back try these for blockages you've got psalm 26 67 and 71 Then last but not least, the two obscure ones. These are for your most high spiritual self to help you obtain that next level of ascension or be your most spiritual you. You could probably use this for a little bit of rocket fuel in your divinations. And that would be Psalms 99 and 129. So give those a whirl. You cannot go wrong with any of these for any reason. Last but not least, I am going to do a really fast listener mailbag to the handful, almost not quite dozen or so people that Tim and I have both heard from over the fraud alert episodes. We have been getting people contacting us. Um, We are not any longer in the Facebook groups, so we can't help you. We were not on the admin team. If anybody is giving you unsolicited harassments or making you feel uncomfortable or approaching you with sales outside of a group based on posts you made. First off, tell the group admins and send them screenshots if it's making you uncomfortable and it feels inappropriate or weird in some way. And it doesn't need to be a magic group either. If this is going on anywhere, use common sense. So, Talk to your group admins. If they're not doing anything, they're turning a blind eye, they're letting it go on, and the group's no longer fun, 
Just get out of the group. As far as the bully or the person harassing you or making you feel uncomfortable, hey, guess what? Report them to Facebook and block them. If you are in a group that they manage, get out of the group. If it's no longer fun, if it's no longer helpful, a pleasant, enriching experience that's doing good for you, don't waste your time and energy there. Move on. There's better things to do. You'll find better groups. I know it's out there, and I'm sorry I can't be more helpful, but here again, it doesn't even have to be a magic group. If things are going wonky and it's not fun, it's not you're feeling like you're being picked on, you feel like you're being watched, whatever, you're being approached to to purchase magic that you didn't ask for, and you're being terrified in some way, report block them. What are they going to do to you? It's basically magical telemarketing at this point. They're just trying to find people to prey on. Leave them in the dust. You're better than that. You don't need it. So really people, I, I hate saying it like that. I really wish there was more I could do. You're welcome to talk to me. If anything's bugging you, I'm, I've got an ear for you, but there's really nothing I can do to help. All I can tell you is block the people, report them, um, if it's from a group activity, you need to report it to the admins and send them screenshots. So it's not just a case of, hey, this person said this or this person did this. Send them screenshots so that they know you're not just um, putting on a smear campaign or something and it's actually going on. They need to see it. And uh, here again, if they turn a blind eye, they stay silent, uh, they're supporting that kind of behavior. Do you really want to be around that? Go find a better group. Find something better to do. Go practice your magic. Get good at it. There is so much better things that you could be doing with your time than stressing out over people that are giving you grief. Oh my gosh. And good for all of you that are talking about it. If you know other people, talk amongst yourselves. Give them the, the fraud alert episodes links. And uh, hey, this one too, for that matter, maybe they want to dust off their tarot card deck and join in the Oracle card challenge. You never know. The more the merrier, right? All right, before we close this episode, as the name of the episode suggests, they're keeping you weak. Who is they? Who am I talking about they? They are the things, the presences in your life, the things that are distracting, that keep your magic weak and keep you in a state of uh, lack of confidence and low confidence. So what's keeping you weak? They are. Who is they? All sorts of things. I have a list. So these are the things that are going to hold you back. And these are the things you can maybe ponder during the month of August, during the Oracle Card Challenge. And we're going to finalize the episode with a oracle card drawing from a deck I've been playing with. Okay, so things that can help keep your magic weak. Okay, these are things we don't think about and they seem like a great idea. They seem like such a great idea, but they're not. Not always. So as I always say, and as several of my guests have said, your best magic comes from you. If you get in on your magic practice. And what is magic? Let's let's just take a step back here. What is magic? Magic is the use of divine energy or your own energies. You're making a change in your life for the better with means that are just concepts, 
for the most part, right? It's your spiritual belief. Maybe it's prayers. Maybe you just believe in God and you pray. Maybe you do some candle work and meditation work and you focus on what it is that you want and it's kind of a law of attraction thing, right? That's actually a manifestation technique. That's magic. It's just, what are you calling it? Basically, magic is getting results for your life, for your betterment, for what change you need in the moment. And in my opinion, it's typically a movement free of religion. So it's either from you and your intention and you and your connection to whatever else is out there, like angels or spirits or whatever, servitors, thought forms, whatever you're using to help change your life for the moment. So things that can keep your magic weak. These are all things that basically keep your confidence levels low and keep you from actually getting results. Okay, first you have to have confidence in yourself. You have to just kind of know that magic's going to work, right? But if you rely on others because you believe you have to have someone else do the magic for you, that's basically your own self invalidating your own abilities. Well, I can't do it. I have to go to someone else. They're better than me. I'm going to let you in on a secret. A lot of the authors out there that we put on pedestals nowadays haven't been practicing magic all that long in the scheme of things. I've been connecting up with people that have been doing all kinds of channeling, practicing not only all their lives, but they learned it from a previous generation, or they've been practicing for a minimum of 50 years, and their mindset is totally different. Oh my gosh, way different crowd. So if you think that you need to go to someone else for magic, consider going to someone that gives magical coaching, magical advice. They can maybe point you in a direction or help you with your structure. Your magic is going to be the best for you. All right. So consider that. Try not to rely on others to do your magic for you. Trust me, we were all created equal. There is a lot to that little phrase. Magically speaking, you have just as much ability as anybody else out there. It's just who's been practicing longer and kind of knows the ropes. Hey, start learning the ropes. There's no time like the present to start learning and start making those changes for you. And the second you see some little tiny manifestation or some little tiny magic effort come to fruition in some way, the confidence you will gain from that is oh my gosh, it is tremendous. And then you can ride that wave for your next success story, okay? Next, you need to recognize your own divine presence and authority. If you don't recognize in your own psyche that you can absolutely reach out to an angel, speak to it, request its help, and get its help, and that you have every right to that angel's assistance as anyone else on the planet, Oh my gosh, you have to acknowledge that you have that ability just because you've got a heartbeat, you've got a soul, you are a spirit in a meat suit, and they are on the other side to help you because, oh my gosh, we're spirits in meat suits. Look what we have to juggle. We need that divine help. They're on standby. So, yes, you can reach out. Yes, you can do magic. 
It's not hard. It's designed for everyone to tap in. We're spiritual creatures by nature. Tap into the spiritual realms, all right? If you're not quite there with spirit work or you're still somebody that's out there listening to this podcast kind of on the fence, well, I don't know about all this. Hey, did you ever hear of church and people praying? That's essentially magic. You're connecting to the divinity of some sort that you believe in, but it's structured and there's rules and boundaries, right? It's magic, but it has a label and it has a label you have to use and it has rules you have to use. All right, magic, you get to take all those rules away and do what you want. You get to structure it for you. And when you have your passion going into it, that's what rocket fuels it. A lot of people are under the mistake, oh, I have all these problems going on. I'm weak. I'm weak. I'm stressed. I am sad. I'm depressed. I am in anguish. I am angry. I am in despair. I can't do magic. Oh my gosh, that is your springboard Just because you think you're in an emotional state that is going to rocket fuel that effort like none other. Nobody's going to be able to match that. Go back to the last time Miss Aida was on. She gave a good example of that with a being in love with someone type scenario, right? Your situation is going to fuel your emotions about that situation. That's what makes things happen for you, okay? Trust me on this. And... If you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't have any pressing issues right now. Hey, this is a great time to just start with a divination, start learning your inner psyche, be your best you, and uh, maybe explore something that just kind of helps you with building a skill or fine-tuning a skill you already have, but you're, you're struggling with. You're at a plateau or something or whatever, right? Use it for self-betterment that's um, something you really enjoy because joy can fuel it. Anything that generates an emotion out of you or a response out of you will fuel your magic. When you have others do it for you, that fuel's not there. Not really. They can kind of fake it to a degree. Some people have their tricks, but really do your own magic. You can do it. It's what you're here for. All right. Another thing is not actually trying. I'm going to get to part two to that. There's a kind of hand-in-hand thing with that. If you're so busy going through book after book or talking to people or asking questions in groups or reading or doing this or this, and you're not actually putting in the work and putting in the effort and, and picking something and trying, you'll never know. If you're too worried about what other people's opinions are on how you should do it, it's not your magic, it's their opinions, and you're still not really focusing right structure it with you for you, okay? And uh, keep it simple at first. Keep it simple and something that's probably going to go in your favor. You just want to really tip the scales. And when the odds are a little bit easier and less stressful, sometimes that's a really great approach. So hey, learn a new skill. Learn something that you've been plateauing on and you want to take to the next level that you've been struggling with. Magic can help you with that sort of thing too. We all have that, right? Okay, next, that goes with um, spending too much time in Facebook groups and having too many choices. Spending time in Facebook groups is great. You can find some of the best people there. You can find some of the best answers there. But at the end of the day, try not to indulge all your time there and get involved with that too much because 
it will kind of drain your energy. You're going to worry so much about, well, your approach isn't the same as that. You start kind of getting into these comparison games in your own head. It's very common. Stay on target. Stay on track. Check in with your friends every now and then. Have fun in there. But if it's if it's making you worry about too much how that person's doing it and they get those results when you do this and you, your practice is your practice. You can't really compare it to anyone else's. And here again, it goes by the situation and what's driving that situation and your emotions and your need. You don't have to be some, oh my gosh, I can't do anything frivolous for myself. Hey, yeah, you can. If there's that thing that you really want, that's that's a driving need. That's going to fuel your magic. You can get frivolous stuff. You can get material things. Do it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's it's what what kind of life you're living, what you're doing inside, how you approach other people and stuff. That's what's you need to worry about. Don't worry about material things that you really want that you think is going to enhance your life in some cool way. Hey, get it. No problem. We're going to get into some more money magic theory on that too. And I'll just leave that to the side. But sometimes the drive for wanting those things or the things that we have to pay for, we don't know where that money is going to come from. You do magic for that item or that thing, the money will find its way to make it happen, right? Really good strategy. Only you can drive that. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. So, Keep your time in Facebook groups in check. That can really drain your magical results because it can drain your confidence levels by nature. So make sure you stay strong on your goals. As long as you stay strong on your goals, no problem. Make sure that you have a really good sense of wonder and you really have this kind of curiosity about the other side. What are the angels like? What are the spirits like? This and that have that sense of wonder, have that desire to get to know them. And then if you don't ask for their help, they can't give you help. So you have to acknowledge their existence and actually ask them to help you. Those are two key things. Make sure those are not missing. Some people skip right over that and then wonder why they don't get results, but they're not asking. So keep that in mind. But let's get back to too many choices really quick. We have a bajillion and a half books out there. And when you hop around and you're like, okay, well, I got to learn Jinn magic and I have to learn Goetia magic and I have to learn Archangel magic and I have to learn Anakian magic and I have to learn this magic and whatever and this and that. Oh my gosh, you cannot master anything if you are worried about buying the next book on the market and you're trying to read everything. Mark my words. I am right there right now in a lot of ways, but hey, I have a podcast, so I've got to keep checking stuff out, right? But a really good approach to that, if you're really enthusiastic and you want this book and that book and this, find what really rocks your world and focus on that genre of magic. So maybe you're really into the spirits of the Goetia. Maybe you're really into angel work. Maybe you really like working with genius spirits, Maybe you really like, you know, whatever. Find that thing that you want to study and get good at. That way, when you want to go on spending binges on new books and stuff and you find the coolest, newest book, get one in that spectrum, right? Load up on those and find some choices within that area that you want to get good at. So if you're trying to learn everything out there, and I've seen it happen, I've fallen prey to it myself, 
it's too overwhelming. You cannot focus on just one thing to really find where your groove is. Once you kind of get solid in something, then you can grab something else and bring it into your practice and then get something else that you're studying on the side, dabble in this, dabble in that. The choices aren't really the, the problem. It's how we approach the choices. So if you want to get good at your magic, find something that really, really resonates with you first and foremost. Focus on that and put your all into learning it and find the way of that particular genre of magic that works for you. Maybe you need to layer stuff. You could do some hoodoo magic and angel magic and psalms magic at the same time. It's all incorporated, right? Or maybe you like the occult magic with the gallery of magic books, but sprinkle a little bit of witchcraft or a little bit of, of hoodoo into that. A little bit of crystal magic into that or herb magic. Um, lots of great ways to layer different types of magic that you can learn as you go. But find that big core topic that you really like, figure that out, start learning it. And then if you want to grab some more stuff and pull it in, make sure it makes sense to you. Don't try to get too overwhelmed. But yeah, just um, be careful about that. I keep seeing too many people out there just trying to take on all these wide ranges of all these different complicated magics. And it's a lot. Even the best of the best of the best don't do that. So find what suits you. Hey, maybe your gig is simply candle magic. That is a whole area of magic in and of itself. Do candle magic. Holy cow, you can incorporate spirits into that. You can incorporate angels into that. Crystals, herbs, all sorts of stuff. Oils. And uh, just keep building on that. And then you can bring that into any other practice. Oh my gosh, the possibilities are endless. Tailor it to you. Again, your most strong, most powerful magic comes from you and your intention. You drive everything. Go out there, play, find something that really rocks your world, learn it, and and enjoy it. Some people get super intense results just out of sigil magic, and they do their own sigils. That's all they need. Get good at something. It's not that you have to keep reaching for the new next thing that's that's more powerful and more powerful. You're not going to get anything out of that. You're just going to fizzle out or get weak results across the board. Get good at one thing. The power comes from you. Same with magic tools. The most powerful divinations and the most powerful magic tools come from your use and your understanding and finding what works. No one's going to understand your questions like you will. No one's going to understand the answers given to you quite like you will. And believe it or not, you are intuitive enough to do this. So go out there and play. Now, let's take a minute to do a drawing from the Beyond Lemuria Oracle card deck, which is not in my shop yet. And this is the Pocket Edition. This is by Artist Izzy Ivy, and it's kind of a cartoony fantasy, real interesting artwork to it, kind of dreamy. So it's pretty cool, but this is a really simple system, and it's just to ask a question and choose a single card, and then it has some suggestions. Uh, you use both sides of the cards. The backs are unique for each card, 
and it tells you to actually take in the colors, the artwork, the use of colors, interaction of colors on the image, as well as the information and advice given. So it's kind of a, a neat little oracle deck. All right, let's see what everybody needs to know this week. Very nice artwork on it. Dreamy blue, looks like electricity and a pyramid, different symbols on it. The third eye chakra, the pineal perspective. Connect with your third eye and transcend to what you understand with your mind. Discover a deeper inner knowing through the interconnected web of all that is and has been. You can tune into this wisdom at will and when you wish to. This wisdom is ancient yet pioneering. It is the creator of the free will we choose to weave from moment to moment. Be the observant witness. Allow the transcendence of duality without judgment. Be mindful, listen, and allow your unfurling intuition to unravel the paradoxes of reality. Okay, that gets really deep and cute at the same time, but really, um, that makes so much sense, and it it ties into this episode. You have it in you to be intuitive and tap into the answers you need. You've got it in you. We were all built this way. You've got your third eye. And and another thing that will keep you weak in your magic is not doing some form of meditative practice. Now, I cannot sit and meditate, you know, the close your eyes and whatever. Get something where you can get into a groove and your mind can drift to other things. And that's when you can connect to your angel guide team, to the spirits you're currently working with, maybe the magic you want to work with. Maybe that's where you structure your magic. Maybe that's where you daydream what you want to manifest, what you want to start working on, whatever. I do this when I'm walking my dogs. I do this when I'm working on artwork and it's something that I can just kind of, I'm doing my thing and your mind can drift or maybe you're just, you want to do some stretching or something or sometimes people get into cooking and you don't really have to focus on a recipe or anything. You just want to get into chopping the vegetables and preparing the food. That's a really great way to meditate and get lost in your thoughts there's no right or wrong, and that will also help you with your intuition and your insight. That's when you're going to have those moments of clarity, those ideas come, and when those ideas and moments of clarity come, guess what? That's your guides. That's your intuition. That's the other side telling you, hey, you can do this. You've got this. We got your back, right? So that's a great way to build your confidence in your magic, structure your magic, and tie everything together. It's also going to be when you've done some shadow work and you're looking for those blockages, ideas and realizations are going to come to you. So more material for magic to do. It just keeps building and building and building and all that's going to happen is you're going to get better and better and better out of this, right? Right. So with that said, I think I've talked enough tonight. The pigeon's looking like he wants to go to sleep. I'm going to have to wrestle him out of his pants. And uh, the dogs are asleep too, so. All right. Until next time, you know how it goes. Keep a smile on your face. Keep a bounce in your step. Keep practicing your magic. And hey, go find yourself the oracle card deck of your dreams or go dust off that tarot card deck, 
Go buy yourself a new tarot card deck, do something fun for yourself, or hey, maybe you're a runes person or even pendulum. I'm not going to tell you you got to use cards for this. If you want to use a different divination tool, use a different divination tool, but get in on the challenge. We're just going to call it the Oracle Card Challenge for the month of August, all right? Join the fun. We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for sticking around after the show. Oh my gosh, so many changes and so many things to tell all of you about. We are officially in rerun mode. What does that mean for you? Well, hey, if you listen on your favorite podcast app, nothing is going to change. You will always be able to go back and listen to your favorite episodes and guest spots anytime you want, just as you always have. Again, nothing will change for those of you that use your favorite podcast app. Next, the website will change a little bit. It will change to www.podpage.com slash random dash illusions, or you can listen directly off the host site, www.randomillusions.buzzsprout.com. Links are now in every episode show notes. Check it out. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. Twitter.com slash GOST radio. If you love YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the Random Illusions Podcast YouTube channel, the GOST radio YouTube channel, and TikTok. Don't forget to follow us there. Links are down in the show notes. Exclusively for the listener base of Random Illusions, Tim and I are going to continue our coffee.com divinations. Just let us know if you want a rune reading by Tim or a tarot reading by Shasta and what your question is. Give us about two business days and we will respond with a thorough answer to your question, giving you some insight and maybe a little inspiration as well. If you would like to follow Tim and I as we jump into our new leadership roles and all of the new projects we are presenting and working on, don't forget to hit us up, Facebook, privately, Tim Cheesebrow, Shasta Michaels, Random Illusions, or just shoot us an email at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, at randomillusions.com, and we will send you links as to where you can keep tabs on all of our future endeavors and adventures, and hey, you may want to get involved yourself. You never know. All right, keep your eyes and ears peeled. We will be announcing when we will be back. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>